I'm Chris. I'm John. I love a good superhero flick. I love a good audiobook. I think that Rocket Raccoon is my spirit animal. I saw a Batman movie one time. And welcome to Media High. John, I've seen 14,605,000 possible outcomes for today's podcast, but only one will succeed. So it's time to throw on your cape and grab your guardian hammer because we're about to fly high into the world of superhero cinema. Thank you to Binge Mode for inspiring that intro. (laughs) Let's jump into hypotheticals. All right. I'm taking hypotheticals in a in a new direction. Great. It's still hypothetical, but I'm very excited about it. It's actually a would you rather. Oh, hit us with the would you rather, John. So, would you rather only speak in questions or only speak in movie quotes for the rest of your life? Movie quotes. Literally not even a question. Why? Okay. Well, literally, it wouldn't be a question because you didn't choose because questions. Because I can't... Well, can I still ask questions as long as, as they're, long movie, as they're quotes? movie quotes? Yeah. John, basically everything has been said in a movie before. Yeah, but only movie quotes. I've I no that can it can like you can quote so many things that you just say on a daily basis, and like even if you're not, do you have to like know the movie? You're I quoting? think so. Okay, I think it would still be quotes. Um, let me tell you why. I grew up with a family. I'm the youngest of five children. And we are a big quoting kind of family. I am. As, I'm a big quoting kind yeah, of person. Yeah, all of my, me and all my siblings constantly are quoting um, movies, TV shows, um, Adventures in Odyssey for all my homeschooler friends who are out there. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a big deal in the Schwar family. Quotes are a big deal. We hold on to our quotes tightly. Yeah, but the, I feel like the frustrating thing with it is whenever you do a movie quote, you kind of embody the character that's okay, doing a little sure, bit yeah. so you would probably look like an absolute schizophrenic crazy person because you would be going from the grinch to darth vader to when harry met sally like boom 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 i would live for that i know but i feel like you would be the most exhausting person okay sure. and the most exhausted person sure but that's not the reason why i'm going to choose questions hmm. i would choose questions because our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ mostly asked questions, hmm. and that was a sign of intelligence in the first century. But also, I think even today, the people who I kind of admire are actually people who are very curious about others. And I almost like measure someone's humility and intelligence based off of how good of questions that they wow. ask. And wow. I feel like you would... You would learn so much if you spent just one day being like, I'm only going to ask people questions. But the other side of it is you probably could get just as annoying. I was going to say. like As, that the, could, as that the, could, the schizophrenic. That could be rough. <laughs> Not going to lie to you. Both of them are rough, but uh, for the sake of, uh, of contrast, I'm going to choose okay. questions. I appreciate it. Now, I have a question for you. Hit me. If you had to be the Siamese twin of one Marvel Avenger... <laughs> Who would you choose and why? So I got to be stuck to you this person. Can I, achoo- can I choose where we're attached? Sure. All sure. Right. I don't think we need to go into details of where you're attached. Oh, okay. Just like, let's let the audience guess where you would choose. Oh, um, but you got to choose who. Oh, man. So I can't choose any, any character that transforms from one thing to another. Like, I can't be Bruce Banner to the Hulk no, because you could. but there would be some like no, 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 no. We're throwing, weird... we're throwing logic out the window. <laughs> this is, we are attaching There'd be ourselves. There'd like some ripping flesh if we didn't both grow at the same Let's, rate. You're both growing. I guess. 
Oh man. Okay, then I am going to. It has to be MCU, or just it, it could be any like any film superhero. Film superhero. Yeah. Uh. I'm gonna choose Aquaman. Oh, interesting. See, mine is DC too. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm gonna choose Aquaman for no other reason than I saw the trailer this past weekend. Oh. Yeah, this past weekend. Did you like the trailer? Uh, no. Yeah, I didn't either. Did you see the Shazam trailer though? It looks good. No, I did not. All right, well. I don't even know what that is. This uh, shows how the difference in knowledge on the superhero oh, landscape. Oh, we're about to go deep so if I had into to choose, my ignorance pool. <laughs> into John's ignorance. If I had to choose one, I think I would choose The Flash because so it's just convenient. Like you never, I guess so, you never yeah. got to worry about when you're getting places. Yeah, but do you think that the extra weight would slow you down? No, because you essentially you create the flash, but it's double the weight, double the the width. The flash can there's not you're not as aerodynamic. <laughs> the flash. Okay, I trust the flash's power enough that we're still gonna get there. Yeah, I, I agree. Like that. I agree. And you know, in the the spirit of inclusion, Siamese twins can do anything anyone else can do. Yeah, I'm not gonna try and hold them back. Yeah. Power to Siamese twins. Yes, yes. This episode sponsored, <laughs> sponsored by, by what? Siamese twins. Oh boy, oh boy. All right, Chris, what are we talking about today? If people haven't figured it out yet, well, I am very excited today. We're talking about superhero movies. Yes, we have decided. So this episode is going to be unique from any other episode that we have done because thus far here on media high your new favorite media podcast we have media high (laughs) we have been discussing topics that both of us enjoy both of us have a decent amount of knowledge or experience with and so there's been quite a bit of parody a lot of back and forth we're both bringing knowledge and wisdom and experience to the table Today, we are tilting the scales a little bit, and we are discussing something that Chris is very passionate about, loves very much, and something that I gave up on probably about five years yeah, ago. Yeah, there's not a lot of back in today's conversation, just a lot of forth Yes, me. quite a bit of forth. Uh, so I think maybe a good place to start, and I'll talk more about it as we go in, but I am not a fan of superhero movies. Crucify me now. If you like, lose all your respect uh, for me if you dare. I already have. Don't worry. That's fine. Uh, And we'll talk about many of the reasons for that. But the point of today's conversation is Chris is going to attempt to convert me back into the superhero universe. He is going to attempt to win me back over and win my dollars back into the box office. Because let's be honest... These Marvel movies, they really need all the all the help that they can get. Yeah, they are really They're suffering in the really box office struggling. Right now. Disney is hurting. They're really not uh, they're regretting that investment. Still surprised that Marvel hasn't <laughs> has hasn't gone bankrupt yet, if I'm yeah. being frank. Let's be real. It's Let's be real. it's incredible that they're still afloat yes. by the fingers. I'm gonna all right, we're done with that <laughs> okay. joke. So all right, let's start. Let's go back. Chris, give yeah. us the history of the superhero movie genre. Sure. Where did it start? All right. So if we want to go way back into what it could be called superhero movies, the first one actually came out in 1920 when when the first Legend of Zorro film the superhero silent was film. released, which is it. 
Zoro, like, you call him a superhero, don't call him a superhero. Uh, Wikipedia calls him a superhero. So I'm going to go with the fact. Do you remember the mask of Zoro? Yeah. Antonio Banderas? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, so what we're thinking, like, way back. So between 1920 and 1981, seven Zorro films were released. And that really was the start of, like, the Caped Crusader. Okay. That that was the start of the Vigil Annie movement or or what have you. It's That was the original superhero that people could be like, whoa, he's a superhero. So it was this classic idea of a normal guy who donned a cape and a mask Absolutely. at night and had a secret identity, knowing Absolutely. who they were, and they fought crime at night. Exactly. It was, it was the first Batman-esque figure in cinema. Right. Um, so if we want to move forward a little bit, the first real superhero film as we see it today came in 1951 with the release of get this superman and the mole men the mole men the mole men plural they were plural mole men or were they his enemy or I'm were guessing, they the I'm guessing like, were they, they robin to his batman may, honestly maybe it was like a snow white and the seven dwarves <laughs> kind of deal like just superman towering above this group of mole men surrounding him i, I have not seen the film um it, it, if i had to guess I, it would be that superman was facing the moment but a more intriguing idea is that they are like these dwarves around i him. bet it was better than man of steel <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Oh. Am I right? Oh. Shots fired. Oh my gosh. We, the first of many shots, I'm sure, towards the DCEU today. Oh man. Um, so if we skip forward a little bit more, we see the first appearance of Batman in a full length movie, which starred Adam West, released in 1966, um, to kind of go along with the 60s Batman TV show. Oh, so Adam West was in a Batman film, Adam too. West was in the first Batman film, yes, in 1966. Then the but first... That, so wait, that like that TV show, did, did the film also have all the, like, the zing and whack? Like that it, was, uh, it was very similar okay. to, the, to the TV show, really in that same vein. Um, then the first female superhero film was Supergirl, released in 1984. Wow, look um, at that. In 19, well, way before its time. Way before its time, really. And just uh, proves again that DC really has one dominating feature in the superhero market, which is the first to get to solo female films. Oh, Of wow. course, that, that will be contested by the upcoming um, Captain Marvel from, from Marvel Studios, but the first several female-led superhero films came from DC with Supergirl, um, of course, recently Wonder Woman. Um, but then the, the first ever m- movie based on a Marvel character was Howard the Duck. No, yeah. that's not real. It was Howard the Duck, released in 1986, which I... Where is the remake of Howard the Duck? I No, no, no. I watched the trailer for Howard the Duck in, in research for this episode, and it was terrifying. Like what this, is the what is a weird duck? looking movie? It's but, okay. So Howard the Duck is um it's a character that it, from in the movie it's a character that like was somehow like shot into Earth like he's from an alien planet so where like it's just ducks. Right, um, not like Superman. At no, all. not like Superman. I wish that Superman grew up on a planet of ducks. Oh man! Um, but Howard the Duck is sort of like Superman comes to Earth 
somehow and is like so what? it wasn't a teenage kid who got bit by a duck i wish it was <laughs> growing the, or he had like a strap on bill he never actually had a bill that like um but so that was the first marvel movie followed in 1989 by the punisher which is also marvel but i think most surprisingly the first appearance of captain america in a full-length feature film was not with captain america the first avenger in the modern MCU landscape, it was in 1990 with the release of the first Captain America movie, which honestly looks flawless. The shield is a glistening plastic. It looks wonderful. Who plays Captain America in it? Do you know? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I'm going to look some, this up. Some, some, some person. It looks almost just like a costume that you would buy for your child at, like, Toys R Us. R.I.P. Toys R Us. His name is Matt. Salinger or Salinger, he did well in the nineties. Like homeboy, my guy Salinger. He was. Let's see. He was in Revenge of the Nerds in the eighties. Mm. Did Captain America? Did Under the Tuscan Sun? And boy's still working today. Like still doing movies. Salinger so. not too bad for good. himself with Captain America. Yeah, good for him. Um but so if we want to jump into to superhero movies as we know them today, the first modern MCU Marvel Cinematic Universe film was released in 2008, of course, with Iron Man. And Incredible Hulk was re- was released in the same year, but we don't like to talk about that movie. Um, because it was shunned by the Marvel community because it's bad. Um, and of course we got Mark. Which one was that? Was that? That was pre Mark Ruffalo. Hulk. So that was Eric Bana. Yeah. Okay. I, or was that the Ed Norton one? Edward Norton. Okay. So this was the yeah. Ed Norton one. Yeah. Incredible Hulk released in 2008 starring Edward Norton, which is when I saw it in 2008, it was fine, but b- absolutely blown out of the water by Iron, the first Iron Man movie. That's which, like the Iron Man we know today. Iron Robert Man as we know, Downey. Robert Downey Jr. kick-started the MCU and is by some still the best or at least one of the best um, Marvel movies made. And this is 10 years later and it still holds up incredibly, incredibly well. Wait, so we're just forgetting about everything that happened in the early 2000s? Oh, we're not forgetting about it, but that that technically... So if we want to talk, like, X, the entire X-Men trilogy... Because um, all the, the Toby Spider-Mans yeah, came Spider-Mans, out. I remember those. Right, no, I was still in it. So there are several, very many, fantastic. the original Fantastic I mean, there are no Howard Blade. the Duck. There are no Howard the Duck, but there are quite a few superhero films in the early 2000s. But we skip past those, not because they're not good, but because they aren't they weren't released by Marvel. Um, because, of course, 20th Century Fox had the rights to X-Men. Um, this was before there were, like, studios exclusively doing... No superhero. So, so what happened is Marvel Comics uh-huh. sold the rights to certain characters to certain studios. So as we know, Sony owned the rights to Spider-Man. 20th Century Fox owned the rights um, to X-Men. Universal Pictures had the rights to Hulk. And then, and then finally Marvel Studios created in 2008 came out with... Iron Man. Right. That's, so that's what I mean. Like, eventually, Marvel was like, why are we selling our rights? Why don't we just create our own production company, our own movie studio, and put out our own films? Right. And and this whole um, spreading of the characters really wasn't 
fully resolved, and I don't even know if it has been fully, fully resolved, but just in the last, like, we're talking weeks and months, have has Marvel regained many of its characters finally from over the years when other studios were doing it? Wow. So um, Deadpool, Fantastic Four, and X-Men are all coming home to Marvel and Disney because of the Disney-Fox acquisition. Oh. So d- if you didn't know Disney... The company. So Fox owned Fox Deadpool and X-Men? Fox owned X-Men, I know for sure. I'm not sure about Deadpool and Fantastic Four. I just know that they are they are also now owned by Disney. But Disney, in buying Fox Studios, now has the rights to X-Men, which is very gotcha. exciting. Gotcha. So there was a an assemblage right. of power. Right. No, honestly, in the same way that Disney is gaining all this power from Fox and all the companies it's acquiring. Mm-hmm. Marvel is also acquiring all these powerful characters. But Disney also owns Marvel, but right? Disney, right, Disney owns so Marvel. Disney controls no, everything. Disney literally controls everything. I don't... We're they never... control the world. If you want to hear more about Disney as a controlling power in the world, listen to our streaming episode. Yeah. Okay, so we, we have hit 2008, which was... Technically the beginning of the MCU. The MCU. Mm-hmm. And from there, what what happened? I mean, did it just... Because right. I think I stopped seeing... I think my end to superhero movies was... Ooh, Probably after the... What was the first like Avengers movie? The Avengers in 2012. Probably after that, Mm -hmm. when after the Avengers, it was like, here comes Thor and Captain America and Thor again. Yeah. Well, like uh, when they, when they all then went and started making their own sequels and their own trilogies, I was like, oh, this is just a ploy to make more and more money because people are going to see these. And I'm essentially watching the same plot over and over and over again. Just with a different girl and a slightly different villain in maybe a different city. Oof, that hurts. That's that how hurts I feel. Me. Okay, so that's uh, that's a big part of what I wanted to talk about a little bit today too is the fact that different characters and different movies in the MCU got vastly different quality stories in their origin. So uh, if we want to talk about... So you're saying it's the source material's fault. I think it's often the story of the movie's fault. Not not the story of the comics, but the way that an origin story was adapted into film or what they did with an origin story. Because okay. so far, Marvel has released 20 films since 2008. Oh my gosh. Right, so that's two, years of, that's two films a year since... 2008. It seems like there's been at least 12 films a year. Yeah. Oh, were you, <laughs> did you thought it, you thought it'd be more? I, I'm, I'm, cr- I'm thinking 20 in 10 years, that's a lot of movies. Yeah. But then I think about how often I feel like I'm right. watching a trailer sure. for another movie. Yeah. So out of the 20 films that have been released by Marvel, not only nine of them have been introductory solo films, which means 11 of those movies have either been Avengers films or or sequels to those nine introductory characters. But of those nine, some of them have very good films. Some of them have very bad films, mm. at least in my opinion. Let's talk about Iron Man. His story arc throughout Iron Man is 
brilliant, I think, because of his motivations in 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 fighting and becoming the quote unquote superhero that he becomes. It's almost selfish in his why he wants to fight, why he wants to become a superhero, because he sees the pain and torture that his creations really are causing the world. Whereas if we look at Doctor Strange, so you're you're going into two that I never saw any of. You them. never saw Iron Man? Never one. Okay, so Iron Man, he is a weapon seller. I knew I knew that. Okay. He discovers that his weapons are being sold on the black market and used by effectively terrorists. Mm-hmm. He then is like, no, 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 no. This needs to stop. Goes home, builds the Iron Man suit, and is like, I need to stop these people because I don't want... Like, I've seen the terror that my weapons cause. Mm-hmm. I was always disconnected from it, but now I've seen it in person. He's haunted by his own creation, He's haunted by so his own now creation. he needs to stop it. Right. Whereas... So it's it's very... Dr. Frankenstein-esque. Sure. It's Dr. Frankenstein-esque. It's almost selfish, but it's also a, like justified. It's he's not He doesn't want to save the world. There's not an overwhelming threat. There's not an alien invasion coming for this one movie. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a very realistic, in a way, storyline of he has seen the horror of his creation, mm-hmm. and he wants to stop these localized things. Gotcha. Whereas with Dr. Strange... It's also selfish in that he wants powers because his practice, his doc, he, he was a doctor, got in a car crash, his hands were ruined. Oh, it's no. selfish because he wants power to get back to his old ways. But then he's forced into this position of, I need to protect the world for not a super good reason. I'm, there's not a really good reason why he is doing this except for the fact that he sees this power and then all of a sudden a huge alien spiritual magical thing comes and attacks the city. And he's like, oh, well, I have this power. I could go stop it. So maybe what we're getting into is a discussion on like what to you makes a good superhero film. Is it the motive of the of our protagonist? Is I, that what makes a good superhero film? I think I think it's often the story arc of the protagonist's character. Okay. Which which in Iron Man he goes from this weapons manufacturer who doesn't really care about the people around him or the people he's selling to as long as he gets money to this person who deeply feel who feels regret for what he's done and okay. wants to make that right. Whereas with a movie, What's a bad one then? What's a bad movie? Like or, a bad, or a bad central motivation for for your for a superhero? I think an example is when there's a lack of good motivation. Okay. Like in, when when you just have this power, and then the world is in danger. Like Superman. Sure. Yeah. Like what is Superman's? Well, super Superman in the movies I think is very different from Superman in the comics. Superman in the comics is not this dark, moody character as he's played in the DCEU. He is a man who is deeply... He cares very deeply for the people around him. He was created as a very patriotic character for the United States. and Superman was. Superman, in his origin, was a very patriotic... Was a very patriotic figure. Even though he's the ultimate immigrant. Even though now he's seen in the comics and in the movies as a protector of the world. Uh-huh. So he he cares for the people around him. He cares for the world he tries to protect. 
he has great intentions of finding justice, creating peace, but that is often not seen very well in movies that there's just this one big bad person that he needs mm-hmm. to fight destroying everything in his path why superhero movies i mean why specifically superman movies never have worked for me is because his powers right. are really difficult to show on a screen how impressive they are it's really hard to show super speed in a way that's impressive or fun to watch yeah. to me yeah uh or even even something is like even something like flight you know or, or anything like that it's like kind of difficult whereas someone like i don't know like batman for example who doesn't have any special powers his uh, his fight scenes are really impressive whereas superman it's like there's literally it's just like two an unstoppable force and an immovable object running into each other. Mm-hmm. At some point, it's kind of like who cares? It just is brute force going against brute right, force, right? Exactly. Which I think is a real shame because if we look at if we look at a film like X Men: Days of Future Past and look at Quicksilver, I think that in that movie there is a scene where Quicksilver, who is a speedster, quite similar to Flash, okay, his speed is demonstrated in a very poetic way in the film, whereas he puts on headphones and he's listening to classical music and all of a sudden speed slows down. Everything stops except for him because he's now moving at incredible speed and he goes around and he's shifting bullets as they're just still in the air. It's, I think that is an incredible way to, to use speed in a film, to show speed in a film. Whereas with Superman, it just is, these two got these two weightless people mm-hmm. who are both incredibly powerful, just flying around destroying buildings. There's no and throwing like just cruise ships on top of each other, right. and like there's, no there's one's no actually consequences. Hurt. Yeah, that's it. There's no quant- consequences. There's no physics to what they're doing. Right. It just is. Let's try and give the people a spectacle when really we want realism. Well, because the rules of any type of storytelling, specifically creating a fantasy world, are you have to create rules and boundaries for it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And it feels like every Superman movie that I have seen, it's like there are no boundaries. And I feel that way also about the Avengers movies because you have taken all these different worlds okay. and you've put them into the same world because some rules of Thor's world, for example, are completely right. broken by sure. Bruce Banner's world. Sure. And if you put them in the same city, it's like, well, whose rules are going to win sure. out? Yeah. So it almost feels like there's no consequences then. Okay. Yeah, I think that's that is something that I think a lot of people have trouble with is the mixing of technology and like ancient magic and all of these other things like like you said Thor coming to Earth. Of course, he has the famous line that he says to Jane Foster is um your ancestors called it magic and you call it science, but I come from a world where they are one and the same. <laughs> but it, it's, this is, it really, it's not one and the same. It, it really is. There is magic and there is technology and blending those two things is really hard to do. But of course, that's something that happens all the time in the comics. And, and that's really interesting because if we go into Doctor Strange, for one thing, if we, we see Doctor Strange and we see the Infinity Stone, so the Infinity Stones are, of course, what Thanos is collecting in 
Infinity War, John is looking at me with a blank look at his face. I've He's heard of Thanos. Very confused. Thanks to memes on Instagram. Oh my gosh. The memes are really what the life force of the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> they Universe. They really are. They're my only connection. <laughs> They're my only doorway. Oh my gosh. John's breach into the world are memes on Instagram. But if we if we look at something that continues throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which are the Infinity Stones... In Doctor Strange, that Infinity Stone is used for magic, whereas in Infinity War, that Infinity Stone is used primarily for technology. Look at Vision, look at the Tesseract, look at the weapons, look at Thanos' gauntlet. Yeah, I mean, the Tesseract, come on. John knows exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. John is all in with the Tesseract. But it's there is some continuity issues with the fact that is 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 this magic or is this technology or is this just like a space stone that nobody really knows what it is? Right, and which I think that's what it is supposed to be, but is we're not supposed to know. And maybe that is one of my main frustrations with it. Sure, it's not that I feel that it's just cheap entertainment, and just how big or how loud or how funny or how you know whatever yeah. it is can we make this? Yeah, I don't mind when shows or movies build an extravagant world. I just watched Barry on HBO, for example, which is about a hitman who decides to become an actor. Like, almost as outside of our realm as some superhero movies. Yeah. You know, like, that stuff just doesn't happen, really. But because they built a world where there were rules that needed to be followed, and when those rules weren't followed, there were actual consequences, I was able to buy in. And I think that's what, when I think about superhero movies I've enjoyed, even in the last five years, like Black Panther, for example, like there's something about that movie that lifts it above and it sort of transcends yeah. the the superhero sure. demographic. And sure. I think part of it is because it creates rules for itself that it has to follow. And yeah. there are legitimate consequences yeah. when it doesn't. I think that this argument is summed up perfectly in a line from Hawkeye, which is... Who this guy? Hawkeye. Oh, is that what's his name? Bow and Arrow Boy. Yeah, that's uh, what's his name in the in the movies. In he he was in Born the Born movie, yeah, not yeah. the Born series. Oh gosh, I'm really anyway. Like the, the the line from Avengers goes like this. Avengers two goes like this. The city is flying. We are fighting an army of robots, and I have a bow and arrow. None of this makes sense. Yes. Which is, which it's like, oh yeah, you pointed it out. <laughs> but here's more money. <laughs> Take all of my money. <laughs> I'm middle America. Come on. That's the beauty of it though, is that it's at least Marvel acknowledges the ridiculousness of what they're telling you, of what they're giving you. DC is just like, I'm going to keep punching you over and over. Yeah. And they never acknowledge anything of the ludicrousness of this world that they're building. It is. Whereas Marvel throws in jokes, throws in comedy, throws in self-acknowledgement. Let's look at Deadpool, the ultimate breaking of the fourth wall mm -hmm. he constantly throughout the films is acknowledging how ridiculous what he's doing is but that works so well because the audience is like oh yeah it is ridiculous i'm glad that you agree with me ha 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 here's more money you know yeah. it is it's it's the perfect example of what we're doing is ridiculous but this is entertainment this is supposed to be a spectacle maybe while i digest that we're gonna move into 
gosh, another one of my favorite things to talk about. Take it away, Chris. Welcome to Two Minute Tech Talk, covering the latest in media technology. We're going to be doing things a little bit differently today, talking about the top three coolest slash craziest pieces of technology in the MCU, in my opinion. We'll start off with one that is often forgotten, the Destroyer. The ancient Asgardian automaton used primarily to guard the weapons vault of Asgard. This 9'6 enchanted robot did the bidding of anyone wielding the Gungner, Gung, 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 Gungner, the staff that controls the destroyer, most often in the possession of the current ruler of Asgard. Featured in Thor, the destroyer is not to be tampered with unless, of course, you want a laser from the face. The number two spot, now hear me out, goes to Hawkeye's bow and arrow. Now, you've got to give Hawkeye some props for fighting with a weapon that's been around since the dawn of time. Around the extremely technologically advanced weaponry of Tony Stark, Vision, Spider-Man, and even Black Widow, my guy Hawkeye is still fighting Chitauri with a bow. At least he's got some high-tech tips on those arrows, some with tasers, explosives, scattershot, and even one that'll hack a computer. Hawkeye's trusty bow has yet to fail him, until he, of course, runs out of arrows on the battlefield. Coming in at the top spot for coolest slash craziest tech in the MCU is... Yondu's arrow, otherwise known as the Yaka arrow, created with technology from the Centaurian people, is controlled by whistling. The arrow is carried by Yandu Udanta, featured in the Guardians of the Galaxy films, and marks certain death for those opposing the Ravagers. Yandu is said to have killed 122 people throughout the Guardians films, most of which with his trusty arrow. Now, some honorable mentions includes Black Panther's kinetic energy-absorbing suit, the super soldier serum used in Captain America, Iron Man's arc reactor, and the PIM particles that Ammon uses very effectively. Will we continue to see more fantastical technologies in future MCU films? Should everyone just start using bows like Hawkeye? We'll just have to see. And that's all for this week on Tech Talk. Stay tuned next time for the latest in media technology. Welcome back. Now, John, I've got a question for you. We all know you are not a big fan of the superhero films. And we all know that you've only seen, what, two or three in the la- I'm talking about in the last five in years. In the last yeah. five years, okay. Um, so in that time, or overall, wh- what would you say is your favorite or top three or whatever? What What are the superhero movies that you really love? So I before so I'll go pre my Brexit and post <laughs> my Brexit my Brexit my, my, my super exit, um, pre my exit from the superhero universe. It was it was. Chris Nolan's Batman trilogy. Okay. That excellent, excellent choice. Yeah. I mean, that was just, that's on another level. I think on another level, I think it is on another level or at least it was to me at the time. And I was in high school when most of those came out high school and college. Yeah. And they were on just sort of another level at the time from like the, the X-Men's that I'd seen before that, Mm -hmm. or even like the Toby Spider-Man trilogy. Like I saw all those, um, and they were, but they were like pure entertainment and maybe yeah. at like 14, 15, 16, I was all for that, but there Are was something all? about the Chris Nolan Batman trilogy that really got me. And then in the last five years, I really only have seen a few, one of them being this year I saw Black Panther and it was so good. So good. So good. What other, 
what are the other MCU films that you've seen? Very few. So you've seen Black Panther, The Avengers, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. An impressive lineup from John. <laughs> quite, quite the impressive views You're here. welcome. All right, what about you then? What are your top favorites? I know you've seen... Have you seen literally all of these? Oh, for sure. Really? I've seen I've seen all 20 MCU films. I've seen um, all, th- all five pre-Homecoming Spider-Mans. Wow. I've seen all of the X-Men films except for Logan. I think really two of the only modern superhero films that i haven't seen are logan and justice league wow yeah okay so besides that i'm pretty much give us two to three favorites two to three favorites um okay captain america winter soldier is either it's definitely in my top three it Mm. is an incredible story because i think it feature it focuses so much on the character of captain america and his friendship with Bucky who who will come to be a major character in the MCU um so Captain America Winter Soldier Captain America Civil War is great is Bucky the one that shows up at the end of Black Panther yeah Bucky's the guy with the metal arm got it yeah or no arm I don't remember if he has that at the end of Black Panther yeah when you're not really into the MCU the little like easter eggs that they put at the end of those give movies give you nothing really give, give you, you no excitement do you excitement. stay for the post credit scenes yeah always because I'm like when Samuel L. Jackson showing zero, up <laughs> there's zero information I just want to make sure that Samuel L. Jackson's oh, still getting his paycheck incredible Samuel L. Jackson have you there's a trailer so Captain Marvel coming in 2019 Features Samuel L. Jackson as young Nick Fury, and he so they. That's his character's name. He's Nick Fury, but when he's young, Nick Fury is his character's name. Got it. But it's him um, in the eighties, so they they do CGI on um, Samuel L. Jackson the entire time to make him look oh, great, younger. Great, it looks great. It looks really good. Yeah. I'm gonna force you to come watch Captain Marvel with me for the record. <laughs> um, Black Panther, as you said, really. Was on an, on another level. It's from, totally like all the if you haven't seen it yet, all the hype you've heard, it is that really good. incredible, really incredible. So I, I just recently watched Dark Knight for the first time, which was also incredible. If I mm. absolutely had, did to did you choose, see Batman Begins? Oh, for sure. That okay. was a big Batman Begins was a big part of the childhood movies. Oh, okay. Um, and then Dark Knight Rises was one of my favorites when I was a kid as well. Um, but I just had never watched Dark Knight. But if I had to pick a top three it would probably it would probably be this is kind of coming out of left field too iron man avengers infinity war and captain america winter soldier just because first of all iron man kicking off the entire mcu it was an incredible film it the story arc the character that robert downey jr plays he plays it very well um Winter Soldier, as I already talked about. And then Infinity War was really all of the hype leading up to it being 10 years in the making of these MCU films, all leading to Avengers Infinity War. It really held up to the hype. It, okay. it was an incredible film. And I think many have criticized it for being too much, too many separate storylines going at, at once. And I, I can see that. I don't know if it's necessarily one of the best Superhero films, it just is one of my favorites. Hmm. So then for me, I'm thinking about... Because for you, obviously, there's so much that you like about all of these movies. Otherwise, yes. you wouldn't see them all. But for me... Multiple times. Like we, like we were talking about before the break, I am sort of trying to figure out these couple movies 
that I have enjoyed, what is it about them? I think one is that they follow some kind of rule and there are consequences, but, but it's not that I like that inherently. It's that if you follow the rules of your world and there are consequences to it, that leads me to care about the characters. Yeah. And I honestly think the movies, the superhero movies I have enjoyed the most are the ones where the superheroes are the most human. And I don't mean necessarily that they haven't had superpowers, even though ironically Batman does not. Yeah. And some of my favorites are and the I, Dark Knight. I think that's displayed the best in the Dark Knight. Oh, for sure. Uh, but even in Black Panther, where it is perhaps, I mean, it is so outside of this realm, and they, the, the, the Wakanda tribe does have so much technology and magic yeah. that marries itself really well. Sure. But it it's so human it's about family it's about belonging and when those themes come through through really good actors Mm -hmm. that's when i'm in i think that the mark of the best films and and marvel in general is touching on this occasionally most seen in black panther for sure is they're dealing with very very real subjects um, very real content and criticism and um, controversy in the world displayed, I think, best in the lines at the very end of Black Panther after T'Challa has beaten Killmonger, who's the... Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, the line... Who is great Who is an in incredible movie. in Black Panther. The my, li- like, my favorite villain since the Joker. Since, since Heath's Joker. Since Heath Ledger's Joker. May he rest. Um, may he rest in peace. Absolutely. Absolutely. So sad. We miss you, Heath. We do. Um, but the lines at the very end of Black Panther, T'Challa says, we can still heal you. And Killmonger says, why? So you can lock me up? No, just bury me in the oceans with my ancestors who jumped from ships because they knew death was better than bondage. Come on now. Which is was an incredible line. So good. I mean, one of the most powerful lines. I mean, just reading it now, I, mm-hmm. I get chills. Another mark to me of a good superhero movie, and not to sound like the Dark Lord, but... Voldemort? It, yes. It blurs the lines between good and evil. Like, in in Black yeah. Panther, there is no good and there is no evil between, you know... Michael B. Jordan and Chadwick Boseman. Yes. Like there is no good and evil between yeah. the two of them. There are just different motives. It's a, it's a villain who thinks he's a hero. Yeah, which is the best. Killmonger was a villain in in the audience's eyes who thought he was on a royal crusade, who yeah. thought he was doing the right thing for his which people. Which the Joker is kind of like that in a very sick and twisted way, in that the Joker thinks by creating chaos and totally tearing down all our social structures, he's actually setting us free. Sure. He thinks he's actually setting free within Batman his deep desire to kill and destroy people. Yeah. Like, the Joker is his own hero in his own twisted world. Yeah. You know, and I think that's another mark of it is the, the blurred lines between good and evil. And you almost find yourself at points like cheering for your antagonist, antagonist yeah. which is very interesting. Very, very film noir. Of, yeah. I think we just watch, I just watched a movie um, called double, in Temdia, in Tem, in Pemdium, and Tem double, double indemnity, double double indemnity. Thank okay. you. <laughs> we, I just watched that, um, and it was very much so, almost rooting for 
the pro- protagonist slash antagonist. It's the, our main character who is the protagonist, but is also the murderer of these two people. Mm. But you almost find yourself cheering for them because they're your protagonist, because they don't see themselves as the villain, which I think is one of the reasons Infinity War was so good as well, is because if there's an, if there's ever been a villain who thinks he was on a royal crusade, it's Thanos. Oh, I wouldn't know. John would know because he literally doesn't care about Thanos. Just for the memes. Just, <laughs> Just here for the memes. <laughs> John is here for the memes, but but to give you a breakdown of who Thanos is, he's this powerhouse of a person whose world was destroyed because of overpopulation. And because of that, wants to, quote unquote, cure the universe, as he says it, by wiping out half of the population everywhere. Mm. He wants to quite literally snap half of everyone out of existence in order to allow the other half of human civilization to thrive. And and not just human civilization, but civilization in the world to thrive. Of course, Thanos does this in very brutal ways <laughs> at the one of my favorite Thanos lines ever is return to me. I'm talking in guardians of the galaxy at the end. I think he says, return to me empty handed and I will bathe the starways in your blood, which is just like <laughs> violent. <laughs> just like, calm down. Man. <laughs> oh my guy. My gosh. Come on. Um, so we, we started hinting at this a little bit earlier, which is another one of my sort of, you know, frustrations yeah. with, with superhero movies in talking about Killmonger's sort of last lines with, uh, with T'Challa. T'Challa. So, for me, a frustration that I have with superhero movies, for me, a mo- some movies are very culturally relevant of, like, why make this film now? They're making a point about something, and they do that in a very artful and uh, smart way without beating you over the head with it. Was Black Panther trying to make comments on culture? <laughs> that is insane! Well, and, but even in Black Panther, there were there were some points that it was trying to make that it did very artfully and others where I was like, okay, we like, we get it, you know, like uh, we get it. But for me, what frustrates me about some superhero, but then there are also films where it's like, I'm going to see this for entertainment. Transformers, Transformers, fast eight, like, all of fate. that, all of that stuff, like wasn't that Fate of the Furious? Wasn't any, that basically, called? any movie with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I'm, hey, hey, <laughs> hey! Dwayne the Rock Johnson is a national treasure. He absolutely is, and he's a national treasure because he entertains us. Yeah, he does. He Love entertains you, us. My issue is that I think so many superhero movies they try and do both at the same time, sure. and I think they fail. Sure. I think there are certain superhero movies like. I don't know. I didn't like the original Avengers, even from what I can remember of it. It's like, I'd rather just be entertained, you know? Sure. Whereas with black Panther, I actually don't mind it being about something. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, can we choose, can we kind of choose one or the other? I think, I think that's a big, I think to go back to what I was saying earlier, that's the difference between Dr. Strange and Iron Man. Iron Mm. Man is, while some of them are quite random points. I mean, not technically, not super culturally applicable to every single person. Not all of us are arms dealers. Mm-hmm. But it is trying to make a point of violence and weaponizing the world. Whereas Doctor Strange is just entertainment. It just is, here's an enemy to beat. But does Doctor Strange try and say something? Or is it just okay with being what it is? 
pure entertainment. It deals a lot with like spirituality and your inner self, but it's not, at least how I saw the movie, it's not trying to make an explicit point about anything. It just is there. Yeah. And I think, I mean, and that goes outside of the superhero movie genre into any movie. Sure. Like, I think the most, because there are films that are trying to make a point and just plain old do, and they're not actually very good films, but they are fantastic social commentaries. Sometimes we call them documentaries. No, that's... <laughs> <laughs> there are great docs out there. Big doc fan. You know what I love is a superhero mockumentary. <laughs> like, what? Like, what do you mean? Well, like, you know how, like, The Office and... Oh, so you want, like, like a, a super... Like about a mockumentary. superheroes. Yeah. Oh, well, like, like at the beginning of Incredibles, when they're making a documentary. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. Mo- But, like, a mockumentary in the style of, like, The Office or Parks and Rec, but superheroes. Yeah. It's the same way that I, how I, I would love to see a mockumentary about, like, historical Roman soldiers. Like, the, juxt- oh. the juxtaposition of, like, these very historical settings and and things right. <laughs> combined with the fact that they're clearly talking to a camera. Yeah. I just think that would be hilarious. That would be. That would be. Yeah, so I think it's like th- this goes outside of the genre of superhero movies. There are movies that just try and make a point and they make a great point but are a bad movie. There's movies that just try and entertain and they make no points but they're really entertaining. <laughs> but I think the best movies make an entertaining, really well-made film And you walk out, and it's only once you think about it that you're like, they were actually saying something there. Yeah. You know? But the story was so good, and the characters were so good, and the acting was so good, it causes me to think about it after, which then the whole idea and point of it comes out of that. So This is me snapping for that point. Superhero movie directors, do that. Do that more. It's and not will, that hard. You will Come win <laughs> my seven fifty matinee pricing. John will go. Wow, you're gonna be stingy and go to the matinee. <laughs> well, you don't live in downtown Chicago. It doesn't cost you sixteen dollars for a single movie ticket. I live in Mundelein. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're so, right. Come on, tickets are pricey. Tickets are pricey. My God, and hence why I'm a little bit choosy. Hey, I get it. With going to see these films. I'm choosy too. It just happens to be that all of my choices are superhero films. Yeah. Now, so so perhaps maybe even another thing to discuss is these superhero films, not like the ones perhaps like Black Panther or Dark Knight or things like that, but ones that are purely for entertainment, maybe more like a Doctor Strange in that realm. Sure. Those fill a certain need for people to be entertained and to escape. It's like escapism. It's entertainment. Yeah. Which I get that as well, just from other things. Like I like the Media High podcast. Like the Media High podcast. No, this Download, is educational. Subscribe. This is educational. Download, subscribe. No, but for me, it's like, yes, I went to see Skyscraper opening weekend. Did you really? Absolutely. Yes, I've seen Rampage twice. What? Yes, I've watched Jumanji three times. See, this is hilarious. You'll notice there's a common denominator within all these. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> he is the I, common this, denominator. That's so interesting because you, that is... The antithesis of me, I mean, not not the antithesis, <laughs> but the fact that I didn't see any of those in the theater. Oh, yeah. I have not seen Skyper, Skyscraper. I have not seen Rampage. I mm-hmm. saw Jumanji once. So I, I feel like that there's a big cha- difference there that I my escape is in superhero films and your escape is in 
other blockbuster type movies slash just Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I don't <laughs> pretty know. Much, pretty much. Let's be real. Um, and maybe that's just like, but it's true with any movie that like, maybe it is just fandom for me. Cause for me, it's like, I will see any movie that certain people are in mm. regardless of how highbrow or yeah. lowbrow it is. Yeah. If you put Dwayne the Rock Johnson in it, if you put Zac Efron in it, if you put Charlize Theron in it. Are you describing it, Baywatch right now? Yes. Did you see Baywatch in theaters? Of course I saw Baywatch oh, in theaters. Incredible job. There, are, there is so much going on incredible. in that movie incredible. that I fundamentally disagree with and I think stepped us backwards <laughs> in society. But did I go see it in theaters? Was it, yes. was it good? No. Oh. But incredible. Yes. It was good though? In all the wrong ways. Okay, it was tell, me, great. tell me honestly, did you like it? Yeah, I was oh, yeah. entertained. Perfect. Escapism. It's it was pure escapism yeah, for me. Absolutely. And if that's what superhero movies are going to be for some people, yeah. more power to them, I suppose. I would say the majority. I think that you're definitely in the, minor- the minority here. That's fine. I mean, I really appreciate that you're trying to buck stereotypes here. Um, <laughs> but but <laughs> you're talking to but the guy also, who went to see Baywatch in theaters. But so. we're talking to the guy who went to see Baywatch in theaters. I also want to apologize really quickly to to Doctor Strange. I feel like I've been harping <laughs> on it a, a lot. Also want to apologize to all women out there. The fact that I gave my patronage to Baywatch. Um, I apologize. I, I didn't see it, so I don't understand. I apologize. Well, oh, well, that's women. <laughs> Let's talk women. Okay. Um, so <laughs> th- that's a big point of controversy as far as Marvel Studios goes is the lack of of women in the movies, and of course mm-hmm. we've got we've got Scarlett Johansson in Black Widow, um, which by the way, once again transcends that debate and problem transcends the superhero genre. We're Black. just talking about women in cinema. Period. Women in cinema is yes. So this is a topic that could be split into a whole other podcast. I want to focus on women in superhero films. We have in the MCU, we have Black Widow, we have Scarlet Witch. We have, I guess, honorable mentions. We have Peggy Carter, Mantis, Nebula, Shuri, and Okoye from Black Panther. All Is that it? That's it. That's pretty much all of the women in the MCU. So you're telling me that but, Thor has more movies of his own than there are female characters in all of the MCU? That's not exactly what I'm saying, <laughs> but we're close. We're close. We're honestly close. So if the first... The first solo MCU film for a woman will be Captain Marvel in 2019, which looks like it's going to be great. We're very excited for it. Captain Marvel is a female. Captain Marvel is a female character. Um, yes. So and was always originally intended to be a female character. Oh yeah, was always okay. was always a female character. Looks very good, but it's so interesting to look that it's already gotten flack. Like, there have already been re- different reactions just to the trailer of Captain Marvel than to the trailers of other male-centric MCU films. Which, Why? What's the flack? Okay, so the flack, I was, the flack is that throughout the trailer, Brie Larson asked Captain Marvel doesn't really smile that much, which, okay, we're watching a superhero film. This woman is a superhero. She doesn't smile that much. And a bunch of people gave her a ton of flack for this. I mean, I read for not, sm- for not smiling in her trailer. And Brie Larson, probably the most baller move I have ever seen come out of Hollywood. In response to these tweets and like 
things that people were saying that she like wasn't smiling enough on screen in response to the, the people were li- literally said, um, we need you to smile more. Like you're a woman, you should be smiling. And like, they did like, it was ridiculous. Brie Larson in an absolute baller move, photoshopped smiles onto stills of male superheroes. <laughs> so it was like Dr. Strange or Captain America or Iron Man. Like when they're serious in their trailer, it's like Iron Man diving forward, trying to save pots. Oh. And she photoshopped a smile onto his face. My God. It was That's brilliant. Awesome. Good it was her. the most good. For it you. was amazing. And she, there, and other people kind of picked up this thing and there were just like images after images good for you, of Brie. Marvel superheroes with Photoshop smiles. And they looked ridiculous as they would yeah. in this situation with explosions all around them, just smiling in the middle of a battlefield. Why should she have to smile? That's the most ridiculous, but also not surprising thing I've oh, ever heard. Oh, for sure. For sure. But that just shows you where we're at with females yeah. in Hollywood women in Hollywood and women in the MCU. Yeah. So I big props to DC because they yeah. were the first ones to create in the 80s. In the 80s they were the first in the 80s to create a, a female solo superhero film. But big big props for Wonder Woman. The, no, yeah. It was a release in 2017. It was an incredible achievement. The response that it got, yeah. many people, including myself, see it as by far the best DCEU. It got nominated for a few Oscars. It, it was, it was a, did you see it? No, I did not. It was a great film. It was no? very well made. The story was like, oh, it, was, it was fine. Mm-hmm. It, the story was fine. But the, the acting, the effects, the characters were all very good. It yeah, was a great film directed, I believe, by a woman as well. Yes. Directed by a woman. Just a huge achievement for Hollywood, for superhero films, and specifically for DCEU. We should do a future episode where we bring on a female guest or two to talk about women in media. Yeah, yeah we've got a big authority as two guys sitting yeah. in chairs. I was saying, we're, we're going deep <laughs> into a conversation about, about female empowerment in the MCU with two males sitting here so killing it we're killing it just diving deeper into my ignorance diving deep um so women in hollywood and mcu is a very interesting topic as we've just explored all right chris at the end of an era here at the end of an episode is there any last ditch effort to sway me back into the marvel universe John, or the greater, wider canon of superheroes. John, 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 John. I think it's hard because you were ruined. You were ruined by Tobey Maguire's <laughs> Spider-Man. Can I say that I enjoyed the first one? The, sure, you can say that you enjoyed it. You also enjoyed Baywatch. Let's keep <laughs> our perspectives clear here, people. That being said, I did not enjoy the second one. Or Never the even third. saw the third. Oh, gosh. Okay, you were ruined by Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Superhero movies have come a long way. They've come a long way. I think that a film that you need to watch is Wonder Woman. Yes. I think that a film you need to watch will be Captain Marvel when it comes out. Okay. I think that watching... I I would say you need to watch Civil War. You need to watch Infinity War. But it's hard. It's hard because there's a high bar of entry in that Infinity War 
and Civil War. It's like, like there's, there's a, a lot. There's leading a up prerequisite to it. of like you, you have to. That maybe that's another reason. Because I'm like I don't feel like taking all of the like what do you call them? What courses in college that you have you have to take? What are those called? Humanities. Yeah, but like a. Gen Ed. Oh, Gen Ed. Like, I don't want to take all... <laughs> I don't want to watch all the Gen Ed Marvel uh, okay, movies sure. in order to understand okay, the course. Let me, give you, let me give you the Gen Eds that you really need. Okay. To get into, like, Civil War and Infinity War, which are the two, like, greats. You need Iron Man. Mm-hmm. The first one. The other two are... Take it or leave it. Leave it. I Leave it. You need Iron Man. You need Captain America, the first Avenger, which it, it also is a very good film. Iron Man and Captain America... You need to watch, especially Iron Man as the start. Really just Iron Man is an incredibly important movie. I think that in future, as we're looking back in future film classes in 20, 30 years, I think that people will look back on Iron Man as an incredibly important movie because it really was the start of this huge movement, which is crazy. I mean, if we the four of the top 10 highest box office movies are superhero films. Doesn't mean they're good. It doesn't mean they're... That doesn't necessarily mean they're good, but that has to mean something. I mean, Black Panther and all three Avengers movies are in the top 10 all-time box office. All right. So here's here's my deal. Okay. I will watch... A f- I will watch the Gen Eds and give the... Could I watch the Gen Eds and then watch like the next Avengers whenever that comes out? Would that make sense? You've got to watch Infinity War. I got to watch Infinity. Okay, you can really I do Gen do. Eds, Infinity War, and then and then Avengers Four? Avengers Four. I think. I think. And uh, y'all definitely do Wonder Woman and. If you if you want to hop into Avengers Four, you need Iron Man, Captain America, at least Infinity War. Okay. Captain Marvel. Like okay, because those are the keys. I'll do those four. Okay. All right. Uh, we're gonna do a future episode where John. Talks about his. I'll just say the plot. Oh my of gosh! Each of them. It's just John reading the scripts of these movies. Actually, <laughs> I'll play all the characters. Yeah. So John, I'll play Thanos. John, as a as a final question before we move into oh, pick of the week. Gosh. Um, where do you see movie superhero movies in five years? Uh, I see them hopefully being dead. As an outsider, he sees them hopefully being dead, which is a, it hurtful a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. I see them hopefully being dead. Okay. No, but in all, in all seriousness, uh, I hope. I guess. Based on what I've sort of discovered, what I actually like about superhero movies through this conversation, Mm -hmm. I hope to see more films like that. I hope to see more films like Black Panther. I hope to see more films like the Dark Knight series. And what sounds like more films like what Wonder Woman was, what Mm -hmm. hopefully Captain Marvel will be. And I'm not just talking about more inclusive, but overall better storytelling. And I think in order to have better effective storytelling, you need to tell diverse stories as well. Yeah. Cool. I hope them, I, I see them hopefully being here, but hopefully being better. I, I would take less, less films for yeah, higher quality. that's fine with me. Less films for high quality. I like that. Yeah. Now, yeah. whether it be an adolescent tree from space or a talking raccoon with a collection of spare limbs, otherwise known as a trash panda, uh, it's time <laughs> to discover our favorite pick of the week, John. All right. My pick of the week, I hate myself for, uh... <laughs> For picking this because no one needs it to be picked. It's Baywatch. (laughs) No one needs it to be picked. Everyone's already watching it. I'm a little ashamed that I am watching it. It's the mind of Jake Paul. Oh my gosh. It's so good. It 
I just okay. Shane Dawson, a YouTuber, mm-hmm. releases just started. A Who, by the way, a new I am not a series. huge fan. I of had never watched him before Jake, the Jake Paul series. I've never been like a huge fan of Shane Dawson's stuff. I'm not. I'm been very vocal about the fact that I'm not a fan of the Paul brothers as a whole, and definitely not of Jake. Uh, but essentially, because is he a sociopath? Well, so Shane Dawson is doing. He does. He's been doing a lot of different sort of docu series on different YouTubers. He did one of Jeffrey Star. He did one about Tanacon, and now he's doing one on Jake Paul, which has taken a totally different turn than I think yes. a lot of people expected. Yes. I think it was people expected it to be more just documenting what does Jake Paul's day to day life look like, but it is actually. I mean, it's called the Mind of Jake Paul, and it really is sort of Shane doing. All of these interviews with people who know Jake Paul, with uh, psychi- psychiatrists, things like that, to sort of discover, like, basically, is Jake Paul and are all YouTubers sociopaths, yeah. or at least have tendencies yeah. of sociopaths? And incredibly, incredibly interesting stuff. Yeah, and and I'll say I'm I wouldn't I don't necessarily agree that it's crazy good. There sure. are parts of it that I think are sure. really good yeah. from a YouTube filmmaking standpoint. It's excellently done. Yes, yes. As a so, as a YouTube documentary. It, yeah, it has it has taken the so far. I've only watched the first two episodes. It has taken. Well, that's all it's out. I think. Oh, perfect. It has taken the um the style the essentially YouTube style of filmmaking and documentaries and married them together very very well into its own sort of new thing. Uh, some things that I don't necessarily love about it. Um, I think. Shane as a host is a little bit drama and um which is I kind of to be expected just with sort of who he is he's a pretty dramatic guy I think um and I wish it was a little more just like sure facts facts and an unbiased observer but that's maybe my personal yeah takeaway and I also don't really love the fact that more uh just more light attention being shed and light is being shed on the yeah. Paul brothers, but hopefully it's being done in a way that perhaps could incite change either within them or within the audience that they have such a close and I think negative impact on. So yeah, the mind of Jake Paul. I hate the fact that I just said that. No, I, I feel you. I agree. It's, I have never watched Shane Dawson before this series, but it's good. It's good. Um, so my pick of the week is sticking with the superhero theme um, a sneak peek for the new Joker film with Yakin oh. Yakin Phoenix mm-hmm. Phoenix. Um, Yakin Phoenix looks. You call him Yakin? That's that's how it's pronounced. Is it really? Yeah, it's it, not it's, Joaquin. It's oh, is it Joaquin? That's how I've always heard people say it. Oh, honestly, it could be Joaquin Phoenix. It's Joaquin Phoenix. Um, it looks great. It's set in. It's a new Joker film set in the eighties. It looks very different and yet very similar to the Heath Led to the Christopher Nolan. I am always down to see someone try their hand at the Joker. It looks great, and Joaquin is great. I mean, he's, he's a actor. great actor. Yeah. yeah. So I'm very, very. I actually drew him. So if you want to check out my oh, I'd say see that. That was my good. Our Instagram. That was good. Um, creative underscore daily. Shameless plug. No shame. No shame. Um, I'm re- really excited for that movie. It's, yeah. It's going to be Yeah, he great. is an actor, not a movie star. And what I mean by that is he really just cares about playing the role well in every movie I see him in. So there will be no vanity in his portrayal of the Joker, I think. So yes. that'll be... I would be excited to see that. It looks great. It looks very good. All right. That's all for today. Thank you, Christopher, for this education. 
on superhero films. You've swayed me a bit. I'm okay, going to try. That, I'm going to try. I will take that a bit. All I will right. take that. All right. We have yeah. to find something that you don't like that I do within the media realm, and i got to sway you into it. The mind of Jake Paul. I'm already in there. I'm already in there. Don't worry. I don't want to be, but I am. <laughs> um, it's like Baywatch. <laughs> yeah, let's... I don't know if I trust your media judgment anymore, John. I'm going to hey, find that, a new cause. That was me being very vulnerable. Yeah, John was really being open with us oh, tonight. Never um, again. Yeah, so remember, don't do drugs. Just make stuff. Just make stuff. We'll see you next time on Media High. Until then, try not to get lost in the quantum realm. And remember... Baskin Robbins always finds out. Hail Hydra. I don't know what any of that means. (laughs) I am Groot. Isn't that how he says it? (laughs) I am Groot. How does he say it? No, he says it like that. that oh, was really? Good. No, it was good. Oh, good. Or if, you, or if you're like the baby one. I am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> I am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> we are Groot. I think we're all Groot. Vin Diesel, my guy. I think in some ways we're all Groot. Just a bunch of trees walking just, around. Just a bunch of Groots. <laughs>